We are blessed to have you join us today. God gives us everything we need to meet the challenges and enjoy the victories in our earthly lives. He assures us that he will not allow us to be tempted above our ability to resist the temptation and that he will give us a way to escape it. Why then do we repeatedly lose the battle over temptation? Listen closely with Bible, pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us on how we can win the battle over all kinds of temptations. And Father, I pray that you would focus our hearts in the preaching of the gospel. I praise you for who you are and what you're doing in the midst of this congregational gathering of Maranatha, guests and friends. We love you and we declare our undivided allegiance to you. And we'll thank you. We're thankful for being able to stand one more time to declare and dispense and unleash truth according to your word. Speak through me, your instrument. Help people to focus and not have wondering minds. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. Have your Bibles. Be so kind enough to turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The word of God reads, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I want to preach part four of the same uh, uh, subject in this series, Overcoming Temptation. Overcoming Temptation. We live, beloved, in a fallen, sin-cursed world that is literally filled with the ruins and ravages of sin. The devastating effects of sin can be seen in our nation and around the world. You may even try to seek out your favorite getaway place to vacation, but once you are there, you will soon discover the presence of sin and temptation awaiting you even in your favorite vacation spot. Sin is glamorized. Sin is celebrated. It is fashionable nowadays to sin. It is paraded down Broadway Street. Sin is in. And can be found anywhere, such as in the political arena that's, a, that's unfolding before our eyes as we watch the media and television, the educational system, the movie industry, sin is in social media, sin can be found in sporting events, and even in places of worship that claim to be worshiping God. One of the names for Satan is the tempter. Say the tempter. That is one of the names for Satan, and absolutely no one is off limits to that devil. He tempts the young, and he tempts the old, he tempts the rich, and he tempts the poor, he tempts the wise, and he tempts the foolish. He does not care about your ethnicity, your race, he doesn't care about your physical condition. There are people who have all kinds of physical issues, and yet they find their way to sin. He tempts... Those in the academic arena, he attempts those who have made tremendous strides and accomplishments, and he has he has no mercy on any of us. 
His primary purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan hates you, and he's strategizing against you even as I preach this message. He did everything to keep you from getting here. Now that you're here, he wants you to miss the message and just leave with nothing. Satan's aim and purpose is to keep you from being saved, keep you from being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. However, should you get saved, then Satan, that low-down devil, desires to wreak havoc in your life. He desires to break your fellowship with Christ, and he desires desperately to destroy your Christian testimony. There's nothing about you that Satan likes, particularly when you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, living life to the fullest, to the glory of God. Beloved, since we all have been stricken and born into sin and shaped in iniquity, uh, we will be confronted with sin until we deport this life. It is wise that we learn how to confront sin from God's perspective. Since all of us in this room, we have to deal with the nemesis of sin. What is temptation? I, I said this uh, last Sunday, but I want to keep saying it until it resonates in your soul. And we have so many people that weren't here last Sunday. I want you to get it until it just is just in you. What is temptation? Temptation is the use of deception to lead someone astray. Temptation is the use of deception to actually lead someone astray. Well, what is temptation? It is to be enticed. Uh, uh, temptation is to be allured. Uh, temptation is to be beguiled. Uh, temptation is to be seduced to do evil through one's fleshly desires. Seduced to do evil through flattery. Seduced to do evil through lies. Temptation is also that which is presented to the mind as an enticement to sin. It is also that which is presented to the mind as an enticement to sin. Words of encouragement to believers when facing temptation. We have been tempted. We will be tempted. So allow me to give you words of, of encouragement when we all are faced with temptation. Number one, if you are a born-again believer, you have the Spirit of God living within you who will enable you to resist and overcome temptation. If you are a born-again, say born-again, born you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, then you have the life of God living in your soul. You have the Spirit of God living within you who will enable you to resist and overcome temptation. The Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not only is Jesus the only way to heaven, but he is the only one able to help you to conquer temptation. Number two, another word of encouragement for believers when facing temptation, refuse to think that you are the only one who is being tempted. Refuse to think that you are the only one who is being tempted. Men, women, boys, and girls have been tempted 
since the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter three, verses four and five, the word of God says, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now he's lying to her. He's lying to her. She's, she's living her best life ever in fellowship with God. And she allows Satan to trip her through deception and lies. He says, you will naturally die. And she did die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He seduced Eve in the garden. She bit into uh, the forbidden tree, the forbidden fruit. And you know the uh, terrible repercussions of Adam and Eve's fall in the garden. Everyone has been tempted. Every one of us is being tempted. And all of us will be tempted to sin against almighty God. Be mindful. It is not a sin to be tempted, but it is a sin to succumb to temptation. Uh, even Jesus himself was tempted by Satan, but he resisted and was victorious over temptation through the power of the word of God. When Jesus was tempted, he used the word of God to defend himself when confronted with that diabolical enemy, the devil. According to Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. Let me tell you something. Of, to note, the Bible is absolutely clear that Christ is sinless and never committed sin. He's the only one that can say that. The Bible is absolutely clear that Christ is sinless and never committed sin, which means he was sinless from his conception in the womb of Mary all the way to his, his death on the cross. He remained sinless. Well, let me give you a couple of scriptures because these this is so critical because you can go into heresy and false theology if you don't believe in the sinlessness of Christ. He was without sin. He was perfect. Had he not been perfect and without sin, then he would have been disqualified to redeem us on the cross. Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, underline this, yet without sin. In other words, the temptation that came against our Lord were very real, and yet he did not sin. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 says, for he, Jesus, made him who knew no sin to be sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin, look, knew no sin to be sin for us. In other words, Jesus uh, took on our sin. He bore our sin. He was God. He had a substitutionary death in our place because of our sins. And he finished the work that God assigned him to do, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
First John chapter three, verse five also says, you know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins. That's why Jesus came. No one else could take away sins. No one else is qualified to take away sins. Jesus came to take away sins. And look at the end of that verse. And there is no sin in him. Absolutely no sin. Sinless. Speaking of the impeccability of Christ. He was not able to sin, but yet the temptations against him were very, very real. Number three. Another word of encouragement for believers who will be tempted, and that's all of us. A growing spiritually mature saint will experience more victories over temptation. A growing spiritually mature saint will experience more victories over temptation. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18, a says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A sign, a sure sign of spiritual regression It's when you consistently yield to temptation, when confronted with temptation, you find yourself yielding to temptation, which weakens your spiritual life. The more you yield to temptation, you actually weaken your spiritual life, whereas saints and believers who are growing in Christ, it causes one to become stronger in Christ which enables believers to resist and even conquer temptation and sin. Therefore, be intentional about your spiritual growth. The more mature you are, the less you will sin. The more immature you are, the more you will sin. That's why it's important for believers to grow up. Say grow up. up. Say grow up. up. Because when you grow up spiritually, then there will be a decreasing sin factor in your life and you will find yourself yielding to temptation for less. Number four, the word of God is a restrainer and will keep believers from yielding to temptation and sin. The word of God is a restrainer and will keep believers from yielding to to temptation and sin. Psalms 119 verse 11, Psalms 119 verse 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You, when you have the word of God abiding in you, hidden in your heart, you will be sinning less and you will win victories over temptation. When you saturate your life with the word of God, it restrains sin. It protects sin from getting the best of you and prevents you from yielding to temptation and sin because of the restraining work of the Holy Spirit that's that's in you. The Holy Spirit restrains sin. It, it empowers you. It helps you and enables you to resist temptation and sin. Therefore, fill your life with the word of God, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16a. Fill your life with the word of God, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16a. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you, what? Richly. This will give you more victories and less defeats when confronted with temptation. Beloved, a weak, listen at this. Beloved, a weak, anemic saint is more inclined to yield to temptation because of a compromised spiritual immune system. I say that again. Beloved, a weak, anemic saint is more inclined 
to yield to temptation because of a compromised spiritual immune system, you see. And that's why it's so critical that you allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. Number five, because God has blessed you and has been so good to you. How many know, how many know you're blessed and highly favored? How many know God, you know, you know, without a doubt that God's been good to you. You don't have to think about it. You can shout on the goodness of God to you. I mean, you know, God's been good to you. Say amen. amen. You know, God's been good to you. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, God's been good to you. Say, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, you can do that. Say praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. God is good when you ain't good. Amen. Wow. Because God has blessed you and has been so good to you. And me, we need not take anything the devil offers us. Don't take anything from that low down, no good devil. Matthew chapter four, verse nine says, and he said to him, all these things I will give you. Look, he's making an offer to Jesus. I will get a proposition to, to Jesus. All these things I will give you. If you will bow down and worship me. What if Jesus had bowed down and worshiped the devil? He, he would, I mean, it would have been, it would have been over for us. Thanks be to God that he didn't. And you know what? The devil is even confused. That's why he's the author of confusion. He confuses his own self. So why do you say that? How on this side of heaven that Satan can offer Jesus something that he already owns? He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. What, what doesn't belong to him? And he's going to proposition Jesus. It's all his. The devil's confused. <laughs> Satan is a specialist in luring you into temptation with that which you are most likely to yield to. Satan knows how to punch your weak button. All of us have a weak button. We have a weak and Satan knows how to mash it. He knows how to, he wants you to succumb. Be mindful. Satan's propositions are for the purpose of three D's. Satan always prop, uh, proposition you for the purpose of deception. He propositions you and me for the purpose of disqualification. And he propositions us for the purpose of destruction. You see, he's a no good, low down devil. He's not your friend. That's why you ought not be playing in this camp. Get your foot out of his camp. Be where you belong. Those who are on the Lord's side, stay on the Lord's side. Don't you dibble and dabble in Satan's camp. Satan's propositions are for the purpose of deception, disqualification, and destruction. He entices you. You know, how, how does he mess with you? He entices you to leave your spouse for another person. He, he entices you uh, by tempting you to be comfortable worshiping God at home instead of in-person congregational worship when you are physically able to do so. Everybody viewing online is not physically incapacitated. Some folk, some Christians have just become downright lazy. They love their nightgowns, pajamas, and some bagel while they're watching TV and looking at their texts. Get up, 
get out there, dress up, and make up your mind to come to the Lord's house on the Lord's day. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Why are you glad to be in your pajamas when you know you are healthy as an ox? I'm talking to you out there. Get that bacon out your mouth. <laughs> and those, <laughs> those of you who are, who are really sick and really have physical issues and physicality issues, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about able-bodied persons who are just comfortable being where you want to be. You go wherever else you want to go. What's, what does Satan do? How does he tempt you? He ruins you financially by prompting you to overspend. Some of you now broke. You know what he does? He tells believers to be in wrong places for fun and pleasure. How does he tempt you? He tempts you to be out of the will of God to pursue more money. Out of the will of God to pursue more money. Uh, to, to gain status and position. How does he tempt? He tempts you to go along with the crowd and instead of taking a stand for Christ. You, you, you want to do things because everybody else is doing it. If everybody else is going to hell, you want to follow them to hell too? I don't think so. You need to take a stand if you have to stand all by yourself. Look, Christ for you is more than the whole world against you. Don't worry about what folks say. What matters is what God's word says. What matters is what this book say. Not what influential people say. People don't have a heaven or hell to send you to. But I declare you better obey God and you better obey him today because your life will be held to an account to the glory of God. Learn to, to speak up. Don't shut up. Speak up. Don't let anybody take away your freedom of speech to the glory of God. You are Christ ambassadors. You are sojourners. You are strangers in a foreign land. Be who you are in Christ. Dispense the good news of Christ. People need the Lord and they need to hear a word from the Lord. Why don't you say amen? amen. You know how else he tempts you? He also tempts us to abandon God and leave the faith. Abandon God. Leave the faith. Also leave the church. People get mad over everything. I, I, she, they took my parking spot. Uh, I, I couldn't sit in my same seats. Too many people. Too many this. Too many that. I wish the nursery could be this. Uh, I wish this happened. You sit there in judgment. Why don't you become a part of the working aspect of the ministry? You know, busy people in the kingdom don't have time to be sideline seat sitters making personal assessments and judgment on others who are trying to do the work of the ministry. That's right. Abandon the faith. And so many come up in church, uh, then they leave and go to, from high school, go to college, and you don't see them again. I mean, you even have people who have been around, and you look around, and the church have so many people here now, until people can leave and be gone six months before you discover they're, they're gone because we're, we're just not a 30-member church. God has just grown us beyond that. You could actually be gone, and we don't know you gone. You know, you could sneak and peek and sneak out. Oh, by the way, uh, don't be so quick to leave before the benediction. 
Look all that. Look at the amens ran out. Cause some of y'all already. You know what? Oh, by the way, now if you got to go to work, or if you got something pressing, or some unique thing, yes, you know you ought to sit toward the back and leave quietly. And uh, I don't understand in these old traditional churches, you know, they sit on the front row and they leave and they walk out holding their hand up. You might just put your hand down and go and walk out. You already, you already see. We already see you. Putting your hand up, walking out. You're not tipping. You walking and folks see you. I haven't figured it out yet. You know, it's not healthy to miss the benediction. It's not healthy to miss the benediction. The benediction is God invoking blessings on your life before you depart the sanctuary with the people of God to the glory of God. You want every prayer on you that you can get while you're in this sanctuary. God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. Nothing catches him by surprise. He is always ready, willing, and able to hear us, answer our prayers, and sustain us. When we call upon the Lord, Satan will flee because he and his limited power can in no way stand in the presence of our power source. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas. 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.